Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I woke up at 5 a.m. Put on my camouflage. Wiped off my 243 and fired up my Dodge. Headed out to my old deer stand back in the pines. Gonna get me a 10-point buck with 11-inch tines. I'm a backwoods boy. Grew up on a dirt road. And we are Backwoods Boys here at Jim Strader Outdoors. If you're just joining us, the number's 9571-8484-1-800-444-8484. We have Gary Roman, Master Gunsmith in the studio. Let's go to John, who's been hanging on. Yes, sir. How you doing? Fine, sir. That's good. Uh, got a question for Gary. What I've got is got an old single barrel twenty two. My dad gave me when I was 10, and I'm 54 now, so it's got a little bit of age on it. And uh, and he, my dad told me that he got it when he was about 15 and from an old man that was in his 60s. So I don't know how old the thing <laughs> is. It's Springfield. And I've looked everywhere and online and, you know, looked at gun brokers trying to find something other. But uh, I've never been able to identify, and I was wondering if Gary might have a, a source or somewhere that, you know, matching up pictures and stuff like that because it's it doesn't have a serial number, it doesn't have a model number or anything like that on it, but it's just a plain old single barrel twenty two. Okay, is it a bolt gun or drop block? Yes, sir. Is, is yes, it sir. A... It's a bolt action, and okay. you know the the rear of it. You know how the old ones you just pull the back of the bolt to cock. Okay. And I found some that are close where the cocking part of it is knurled, but mine is smooth. It doesn't mm-hmm. have any knurls or anything, mm-hmm. and it's the same size of the bolt and everything, and like the stock. It's got a steel butt plate on it, and mm-hmm. the wood is all one piece, and it's mm-hmm. got one bolt in it up in the forearm. You right. take that screw out and basically lift the whole assembly out, and you got two pieces, you know, the wooden stock and the metal is barrels. The, is the, the barrel and the receiver all one piece? Yes, sir. All right. It's Model 15. Model 15? Yep. Yeah, I've looked at some of those, and but... Uh, if I remember right, and I'm, you know, because I just look at it every once in a while when I think about looking and stuff, most of the ones I've found, like I said, the the cocking part mm-hmm. is knurled. Mine is as smooth as a baby's rump. You know, it don't have anything. It's just, you know, angled in the back where you can pull, you know, your right. thumb and finger and you pull well, it. Well, what you have to remember is when that gun was manufactured, it's whatever parts were in the bin that the gunsmith who was putting it together reached over and grabbed. Okay. Um, most of the older guns that were had enough production that parts lists are for, and particularly the mm-hmm. Stephen Brand gun, there may be a half a dozen different proprietary parts sets in one model. 
Okay. So so and having a smooth said, bolt head is not not a big deal. Okay, and you just said Stevens. I may have misspoke, but this was a Springfield, not a Stevens. Springfield, Stevens okay. uh, are all the same gun. Okay. All right, guys, I sure appreciate it. I enjoy the show. Uh, most time I listen to you is on the way to work of evening, but, uh, well, you know, the things that I can't go do or they ain't got time or the money, you guys at least, you know, it's kind of like reading the, the magazines. You can picture yourself out there sitting on that tree <laughs> with a you know, squirrel, dog, whatever, and the duck blind. I appreciate the show. Doing a great job. I appreciate it. We appreciate that. Thank you, John. Yeah, we appreciate you. You're the whole reason we're here, and we're uh, very, very pleased to be able to, to do that, that's a great compliment because that's that's what we try to do is reach out and network and give people a flavor of what this great outdoor activities are about. They're just nothing like them, and we grew up doing them. Gary and I have had very parallel careers, really. Gary, I, you know, you were gunsmithing about the time I started writing for The Courier, which has been mm-hmm. way, way back. <laughs> An eon ago. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to think, but I've been doing this since 1966. Have you? Yeah. Well, then you were in it before me. I think I met you in about 71, I want to say. Does that sound about right to you? Mm, I think you first started coming to me probably in, in the mid-70s. Yeah, yeah, right in that period, which is about when I started writing for the Curry. Mm-hmm. And uh, just stayed with the train. You there know, you found, go. Found my niche and stayed with it. And, and uh Feel very, very fortunate to have been in the outdoor industry for as long as I have. I've worn a lot of different hats because I love to fish as much as I love to shoot. Mm-hmm. As you know, I'm pretty hard bitten. <laughs> My buddies all say, you know, straighter for stuff else to hunt, he'll go try to get uh, field mice with a tobacco stick and a corn crib somewhere. <laughs> it's hard to keep me Grass out. Grasshoppers with a BB gun. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever is the uh, appropriate thing at the time. Gary, we were uh, talking about wildlife here earlier. This is something near and dear to my heart. I took your grandson uh, to do this several years ago, and that's squirrel hunting. Mm -hmm. And we've had a couple of calls now from folks where kind of revolved around squirrel hunting and squirrel rifles. This is an excellent squirrel production year. Yes. Uh, I've been out several times, and a number of Young squirrels is phenomenal. It's actually above and beyond what I thought I would see because of the meager mass crop we had last year. Yeah, but we got a heavy mass crop this year. This time there's lots of food and lots of squirrels. And, again, I want to remind everybody that they are starting to ramble uh, out of their little family unit areas now. And, and as you mentioned, food's abundant everywhere, and I'm starting to see them burying Nuts, principally walnuts that I've seen them hmm. bearing already, which is unusual. But they're, all the crops are ahead. What I mean mm-hmm. by that, uh, they're maturing very rapidly because of the abundant rainfall, I think is what. And the heat. Yes. We've had ideal conditions for things to mature, and, and they've done so very, very nice. I have noticed uh, the farmers are running corn all over the place mm-hmm. now. Just in the last two weeks, the uh, shelling uh, of corn has increased tremendously all across the region, which, of course, for those of us who like to shoot doves over the dove plots, kind of scatters for the things even worse than they have been. So we'll just have to deal with that as, as we may. But it's been, a, it's been an interesting growing season, no doubt about it. The numbers to reach us tonight, folks, 571-8484, one 800 
844-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road. They're your best bet for all your boat and marine repairs. And remember, you never get soaked at SMI. I don't know anyone who loves the outdoors who doesn't have a dream property in the back of their mind. It might be a secluded cabin on a river or stream, a small farm with lakes or ponds teeming with fish, or a wildlife management property with mixed timber and farm ground loaded with deer, turkey, and other wildlife. Paul Thomas and his family at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty can make all these dreams come true. They've been doing so for 36 years. Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty is located in Munfordville, right in the heart of Central Kentucky's fish and wildlife mecca. They specialize in recreation properties, farms, and lake and riverfront getaways. Make your dreams a reality. Give Paul Thomas at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty a call at 270-524-1980 or check them on the web at mophartrealty.com. That's mophartrealty.com. Welcome back to Jim Strainer Outdoors. The numbers to reach us are 571 8484 And we have Dennis waiting to talk to Brother Roman from Elizabethtown. Yes, Dennis, welcome aboard. Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, I'm fairly new to deer hunting, um, and I was uh, walking a farm that I own in Ohio County, um, several uh, deer stands and so forth that are located near big oak trees, and didn't see any signs of acorns. Uh, did the acorns not do well? The, our trees uh, get to a point they get too mature and they don't uh, uh, have them? Uh, are they wrong kind of oak trees? What uh, what could be the situation there? Well, it could be any of the above, actually. I'm not saying that uh, tongue-in-cheek. Although uh, white oaks are not dropping their uh, acorns as profusely as the reds right now, so you may see acorns start to drop. Normal acorn drop around here is generally about 1st of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, first second to, week. First to the second week of October. Mm-hmm. And well, I didn't even really see any up in the trees either. I see. Well, they can be a little bit difficult to spot. Okay. Uh, do you know, are they bur oak, regular white oak? What were they? Now that, I, I, I mean, I, I have no idea. I'm still learning all that kind of I, stuff. I, I, I understand. Okay. Well, uh, you'll have to kind of wait and see what it'll give you. Uh, let me ask you this. Did you notice any squirrels or birds hanging around those trees that seem to be Not feeding? The- not specifically, no. Okay. And I'm not talking about one or two oak trees. I'm talking about, you know, none of them on the farm that I noticed because I was specifically looking for that. I see. Well, most of the areas that I am in touch with, and it runs the gamut from, you know, portions of West Kentucky all the way up through, have pretty good oak crop this time. I'm hoping for your sake that it's just a, you know, a little later drop. Some of the White oaks, as I mentioned, are not dropping yet. And white oaks, uh, especially those trees that are more mature, and tend to have most of the crop up in the crown or upper portions of the tree. Pretty hard to, to locate unless you're really taking time to look at them with binoculars or, you know, have a sharp enough eye to pick them out. I was really just looking on the ground, and then I looked up, and I thought that I'd, you know, I'd never really looked for them like that before, but I thought I'd, you know, see them hanging like, you know, Groups in 
so forth to be easy to spot. No, they're they're, they're not. They're not. Uh, the only exception to that would be the bur oak because it's quite a large acre compared to regular white oak or chinky pin or any of the other uh, types of oaks where you've got a smaller nut that's very, very difficult to spot in most cases. All right, well, hopefully we'll find some on the ground here shortly then. I hope so, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't. I mean, I I feel like if you're looking at an overall situation, it's going to be pretty unique because most of the oaks seem to have come through in pretty good fashion this time. The red oak in particular uh, seemed to be in the best shape in most of the areas that I've checked, but white oak's done pretty well too. And another thing for you, if you've got a healthy deer population in the area, the only thing you're going to see on the ground is going to be the cap off the acorn because they're going to clean them up as soon as they hit. So right. don't look for whole acorns. Look for those little top hats. Right, right. Well, we've got tree stands near. Uh, matter of fact, we have one one little uh, area that we call Big Oak because of the oak that sits right on the corner of it. So uh, mm-hmm. um, as one of the reasons this deer stands there is because we thought maybe uh, it would attract the deer. So, mm-hmm. Well, that's generally a good spot to, to set up, especially if it's, starting to drop what i'd encourage you to do if you can while you're down there uh just after daylight or uh the last hour before dark just slowly cruise through there and see if you hear squirrels feeding and dropping acorns because mm-hmm. they're a real key to finding them uh and if you have a nut crop the squirrels will be active in them if they're maturing right now and, and that's a good way that i use to scout because mm-hmm. squirrels will lead you to the trees the deer are gonna want to use first i will tell you that all right, well, thanks for taking my call. Yes, Thank sir. You. Appreciate uh, you chiming in with us. Yeah, Gary, uh, why don't acorns, especially mature trees with, with that large uh, trunk that they have and as tall as some of those trees are, especially back in the woods edges, they, they're they tough to spot. Yes, it's, they are. It's, it's not uh, easy every year. I get frustrated because in midsummer I'm wanting to get a feel for things. And mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult, actually, until you get into the fall period where you Start getting your handle on it. You know, I'll tell you something that I've been seeing that's that's a bit early. We're talking about the oak species a lot, but in a lot of the woods where I've been, hickory's already cut out. The squirrels have mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah, uh, they hit, hit the them hard nuts. and quick. Yeah, and they were on them. Now they've transitioned over to red oak, and I've talked to several other squirrel hunters that I know that have been seeing the same thing, and I've also noticed that the uh, walnut is maturing early. Very early. Hmm. I mean, there most of the squirrels that I've seen burying nuts have been carrying walnuts, which surprised me a little bit because again, that's usually you know up in yeah. October sometime. But given the growing season we've had, I'm not totally startled by it. Let's go uh, now to David, who's been holding. David, what do you got for us this evening? Are you speaking to me? I am, sir. If your name's David, yes, it is. Yes, I was, my brother the other day caught me a mess of fish, and he was cleaning them, and he threw them away because he said there's all kinds of little white worms swimming around and was in, in the flesh. Uh, he, it was probably yellow grub, which is uh, a type of a parasite that uh, some of the species of fish have in them. Uh, panfish in particular, bluegill, for example, a lot of times will have yellow grub or black grub in them. Uh, they're not uh, transferable to humans. 
And I sometimes jokingly tell people, hey, you're just getting some extra protein with your fish. <laughs> but I so they, 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 they wouldn't have hurt it if, if, if we kept them? No, sir. If you, uh, if you kept them and fried them, they'd be just fine. Oh, okay. Well, I sure didn't know that. He threw away because he was afraid he, he didn't want to give me something to make me sick. Well, no, it. there's no uh, effect from that. And some people don't find it very palatable. I understand why. But yeah. uh, it, it's not anything that can hurt you. It's, 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 okay. actually the, it's actually a grub or a larva of a snail, an aquatic yeah. snail. And it's spread by water birds like kingfishers and great blue herons. It's a mm-hmm. kind of a complicated process where they eat the fish. Uh, it's transferred into their esophageal and stomachs. And then they excrete it. And that's where they come from in these various ponds that uh, have that problem. So I mainly see, I mainly see it in ponds that are overpopulated with fish. Quite frankly, does it taste taste from the fish? Does, it, does the fish still have the taste? Of fish? I, no, sir. I, I promise you, I can fry one that had it, one that didn't. Serve it to you. You never know the difference. Okay, uh, that's all I wanted to know, buddy. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks for telling me that. Yes, sir. Yeah, Gary, that's a a common thing in some mm-hmm. ponds, especially, yep. like I mentioned, ponds that are uh, heavily populated with panfish. I see that pop up from time to time. And great blue herons are the biggest culprit in transferring that from pond to pond. And, and uh, it's something where if you're managing your fish properly and, and in most cases harvesting you know, an adequate number of fish, it won't become a, a big problem if you stay on top of things. Let's go now to Lee that's got a question for us. Yes, Lee, you're up. Yeah, I have a gun question. Uh, I have a Remington Model 788 6-millimeter. I've had this gun for 50 years. It's mm-hmm. the only deer rifle I've ever used. Half my family's killed their first deer with this gun. I have dropped deer in the tracks. I've had them run off a hundred yards and not find any blood and find a deer. And what I shoot in it is a hundred grain Remington Corlock mm-hmm. pointed soft point. Yep. That's the biggest bullet I can find for that gun. Is there anything out there that I can be fed up with a little bit? Uh, it's almost the same as a 243, but I've never wanted to try it. <laughs> well, yes, it's very close to 243. It's actually a little stronger. The, the essence that you've got is, you know, the core lock's a good bullet, but unless you hit bone with that bullet, it doesn't expand. Right. The, the essence, that, in the nutshell, is that the bullet is too heavy for the caliber. Uh-huh. If, if you can find an 85-grain bullet, it will actually perform better. Yeah, they got that in the 80, and they got it in the 100, and yeah. I've always used the 100. Right. Like I said, it's been a good gun, yeah. but I just wondered, I mean, I've shot... Bucks hit a shoulder, just watch them fold down. Yep. And I've shot those, and sometimes they're running 40, 50, 60 yards. Or they're right. Yeah, what, you what, know, what, you, what you have to remember is the old adage an animal only dies from one of two things nerve damage or blood loss. Okay. When a bullet rapidly expands in a blood soaked area, it transmits that shock to the brain and spinal column. And that's when a deer falls flat on its face as soon as you shoot him. 
If you poke them through the ribs and it goes through their lungs, the deer's going to run. It's going to run until those lungs fill up and start pumping blood out the hole on the thing. And that's when you shoot them. They run 50 yards and are laying there dead. That's kind of what I thought. I guess I need to start paying more attention to going in the shoulder than getting behind his shoulder. All right, then. All right. Best best way, if you want to put them down on the spot, shoot them in front of the shoulder. Okay. I'll try that. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. And let's go to Mike, who's holding on for us. Yes, Mike, you got a question for us tonight? Mike, you there? All right. We've lost Mike, I guess. Mike, if you care to, call us back. Uh, Gary, I guess we'll go to break here, get back to folks with uh, some more information about their questions they might have tonight. Call us and reach Gary or myself. Call us at 571 8484 1-800-444-8484. And this break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties, Hart Realty. They're your friends in the outdoor property business. By that I mean they've got wildlife management properties, farms, cabins on lakes and streams, anything that you can dream of that would make your dream property. These are the folks that can help you. Talk to my buddy Paul Thomas. He's a lifetime hunter and fisherman himself, and they can even help you with financing. If you've got a dream property in mind and perhaps need some financing consultation, I'd be glad to work with you. Check them out and look at their listings on M-O-P-H-A-R-T-Realty.com. Gunworld, an archery pro shop in Corydon, Indiana, is ready to help you gear up for hunting season. The new bows from Matthews, Hoyt, Elite, Bowtech, and Bear are in and their pro staff is eager to help tune and accessorize your equipment. They also carry 10-point Excalibur, PSE, Parker, and Barnett crossbows. They're stocked up with loads of new deer rifles that meet the specs for Indiana's new deer hunting regulations, too. Gunworld and Archery Pro Shop, Highway 62 North in Corydon, across from John Deere. This is Jim Dickin for Fishing Guides homepage, fghp.com. All the fishing guides and info you need to plan your next fishing vacation. fghp.com, the number one resource on Google for finding fishing guides, local regulations, hotels, bait shops in the U.S. and Canada. fghp.com donates 25% of its income to Freedom Is Not Free, helping families of soldiers wounded in the war on terror. FGHP.com, Fishing Guides homepage. If your house was on fire, the most precious possession you would save first would undoubtedly be your family pet. Next to family, they're one of the most important parts of our lives, and that's exactly why I trust my pet's health and happiness to Dr. Kurt Oliver and his staff at Linden Animal Clinic. I know firsthand Dr. Oliver's surgical and diagnostic skills are extraordinary, just what you need when your pet's in need. From the time his nurturing staff greets you at the door, you'll know that Linden Animal Clinic is the place to trust with your pets, just like I trust them with mine. Linden Animal Clinic, 1000 Linden Lane, 425 5834 or check them out at lindenanimalclinic.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. The numbers tonight 571 8484 1 800 444 8484. 
Let's go to Richard, who's been holding. Yes, Richard. Hi, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening to you. We're doing great. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Hey, um, I got a question about my 270. I heard what you just told the previous caller, Bob, with a six millimeter. Yes, sir. Um, I shoot a better group, a tighter group, with a 130 than 150 bullet. Okay. Do you think that's the bullet and the gun, or do you think that's the heat flinching? Or <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I actually get my best accuracy out of a 270 with the old 150 round nose. It's, okay. it's a magic bullet for accuracy, but it's not what I would consider a really good game bullet unless you're hunting in, in heavy timber um, gotcha. because it doesn't have the ballistics coefficient for long-range out west shooting. But the damn thing will we'll just stock bullet on top of bullet. Now, if your rifle likes the 130s, fine. The only thing that you need to remember about the 130 grain bullet is you need to pick one out that has a substantial bond to it. Now, what I mean that is the lead and the jacket are held together better. The okay. 130s travel at enough velocity where it, it has a tendency to surface blow. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, um, I, I shoot core bomb bullets. Uh, okay. So I think I have chosen the right one, but, yeah, I get a really nice tight group out of it. So I appreciate the answer. Thank you. Yes, sir. And, Gary, the thing I'd like to impart here is bullet placement's everything. That's it. I mean, it, That's what we're just sitting here talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter whether you're shooting a 6mm or a 300 mag. If, if you don't hit them right, you're going to have problems. Let's go to Gary, who perhaps would like to talk to Gary. Yes, Gary, you're up. Uh, good evening. I'm glad you took my call. I got a uh, pond that's got turtles in it eating most of my fish. I'd like to know how to get rid of the turtles because I did have bass and catfish in there. Then they're gone. The only thing I got left is, is uh, bluegill. What can I do to get rid of the turtles? Gary, I don't think turtles are your problem. I've never seen turtles be a real detriment to the extent that you're talking about in a pond. Are you sure you haven't had river otters? Uh, raid your pond at some period in the past? No, because this is hidden where nobody knows where it is. Well, but otters can find it. Have you been there to observe it to see if the river otters have migrated into it? Yeah. I'm, I'm here in Louisville. I haven't seen any river uh, otters in there. Okay. Well, if you're certain that, are you we talking about snapping turtles or painted turtles or? Uh, snappers. Snapping turtles. Okay. Well, they're pretty easy to catch, actually. Uh, you can use bank lines. You need uh, some type of an anchor to tie a uh, uh, very heavy type of cord, at least a 100-pound cord to uh, something that you can anchor in the ground. And I, I don't use a super large hook, about a 2 aught, uh, but it needs to be a forged hook. It needs to be a good, strong hook. And you. You can either bait it with fish or uh, they dearly love uh, uh, liver, pork liver, which if you go to a butcher shop, they usually have pork liver. It's easy yeah. to cut up. It stays on the hook a lot better than most types of liver, and, and they're real suckers for it. But the key to it is don't put the hooks out until right before dark because if you don't, the smaller turtles will clean most of the hooks. 
Snappers move more at night than they do during the day. The other turtles are more uh, daylight feeders. Okay. All right, All right, sir. I appreciate that. Have a good night. Yes, sir. You too. And it, it's very efficient, actually. Uh, I, I have done a lot of work on, on ponds, not so much for fish depredation, but, Gary, a lot of these pond owners really get upset about seeing their baby wood ducks and geese disappear. Yep. <laughs> Snapping turtles, buddy, I'm telling you, once they get to be about 20 pounds, they're a death rail yes, sir. on young waterfowl. I mean, just unbelievable. So. All right, let's go to uh, Bruce, who's holding. Yes, Bruce, you're up. Hello, um, I have a question for Gary, a um, uh, gunsmithing question. I've got in the um, uh, Arsenal brand uh, 223 on AK platform, and uh, after about the third round, the gas tube seems to shift out of position and it starts to misfire. Uh, going to detect the shells uh, very, very well, and uh, Contacted the manufacturer. They don't seem to think it's a common problem, and I was just wondering if you had any suggestions about what I might do with that. Uh, what makes you think your gas tube is shifting? Well, because it's literally out of line with the rifle. In other words, it's coming loose? Uh, it, it seems to be getting loose. That's yes. It's, right. uh, the blocks on either side of the gas tube don't seem to be, uh, seem to be too far apart, maybe. Hmm. I've I've never seen that happen, particularly with an arsenal, because you know that's a a newer commercial model. Uh, yeah. On the thing, the uh, but if you have any capability of your tube coming loose um, from the front end, yeah, it would definitely shut the gun down. There's no question about say, that. That's dangerous. Uh, right. Exactly. The. Uh, the gas piston being held inside the sleeve in the front end, and the tube's basically a guide. So, but if it, it comes back far enough, then it will jump out of that guide and never go back forward in the battery. Um, your bolt placement has a lot to do with that on the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen it occur the way you're talking about. Now, I want to I want to address one other issue. What kind of ammo are you shooting at? Well, um, when it first started to happen, I took it back to the place I purchased it, and they said I just need to cycle a lot more um, steel ammunition through it. And I said that uh, no. uh, AKs were, were pretty well designed to shoot steel ammo. Of course, it's two twenty three, which, mm-hmm. you know. That's, uh, that, that's your biggest ringer right there. That was okay. the first question I have for you. The steel case ammo has a coating on it. The coating builds up in your chamber area and will actually mm-hmm. shut your rifle down hmm. on the thing. Okay. Very, very common on the thing, All whether right. it be 7.62 or be uh, 2.23. Um, mm-hmm. You need to go in there and clean your chamber out thoroughly, and that's going to tra- take a uh, – on 2.23, you'd use a 38 caliber brush and put it okay. on the end of a battery pack drill and go in there and just scar that chamber out. We've got special mm. homes that do it. But okay. um, I think you're going to find that's where your issue is at and not your gas tube. So cleaning out that, that you think, will leak. So what's happening? It's building up pressure. It's, it's building up. Your, your cartridges are gripping in that area. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And okay. If, it, if it grips in the chamber, it cannot eject. Properly. Of course, right. right. If it can't eject properly, it can't feed the next one. 
Well, that's good information. I was sort of at a loss, so I'll, I'll give that a go. And shift it over and try some of the, the, the brass-cased ammo. It, it's quite inexpensive, too. It's not as sure, cheap as the, the steel case, but the steel case ammo is just its not healthy. Gary, right. as a caveat to that, though, with that particular problem that has evidenced itself, I think it's prudent to say that gun needs to be brought to a gunsmith. Either that or it needs to go back to the factory. Yes. Back to the manufacturer, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean, it, it could be a dangerous situation. You may cure the reason that it's started to malfunction, but with that difference in that lineup, I can see where that could be a bad problem for you. I hate to see you get hurt. Yeah, I understand, and uh, I share the same concerns. And uh, but this this actually has happened from uh, uh, probably the first or second time I've tried to use a rifle. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, unfortunately, it's out of warranty. But I'll probably send it back to the factory anyway and uh, see see that if they can. Now, if you out. send it back to them and tell them this has been a continuing issue, mm-hmm. um, and again, clean your chamber first and try using some some brass cased ammo. And if that corrects your problem, then you know it's it's not a defect. You can bring it to me, and I'll check out the gas system for you. But okay. it, the most common thing centers around your ammo. Well, I know where you're at, so I'll bring I'll bring it your way, or send it send it off one or the other. So. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Very very good. I'm always air on the side of caution <laughs> every time. There was the old saying, "If uh, it doesn't seem right." Probably right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, to call us uh, during the rest of the program, you can reach us at 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine 11400 Westport Road. They're just north of the Snyder Freeway. Easy to find, easy to work with. Tim Addington and his staff will be glad to help you with any of your boating needs. And remember, they got a big clearance sale on their pontoon boats and express aluminum boats going on right now. Now some great deals out there. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI. This is Gary Roman. Whenever I'm on Jim's show, I get lots of questions like, what shotgun should I buy? What handgun is best for personal protection? Or what is the best scope for my rifle? There's only one sure answer. Come see us at Firearm Service Center the one place to go to solve all your firearms problems. Purchase guns, ammo, holsters, and supplies. Whether it's your first firearm or your next custom-built gun, service or repair, come see us at Firearm Service Center, Bardstown Road, in the Eastland Shopping Center, Louisville, Kentucky, or visit us on the web at firearmservice.com. For personal service, there's only one Firearm Service Center. Hey, we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. It's your opportunity to pile in here if you've got any further questions for Gary Roman. He's a master gunsmith and has a wealth of experience and knowledge about almost any type of firearm you can imagine. I've seen him stumped maybe once or twice in 30 years. <laughs> and even if daddy had a basic knowledge of it, it was just perhaps some little tricky thing. The numbers reach us tonight are 571 571- 8484 or 1-800-444-8484. And we've got Kevin on hold who'd like to talk to Gary. Yes, Kevin, you're up. 
Hello, it's Kevin. Yes, Good sir. Good evening, you guys. Good evening hey, to you. I just have a question. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, one question and all it is, um, I used to go dove hunting and everything, had my dad's shotgun, but that I don't have a shotgun anymore. I'm getting, I'm only going to get one, but uh, I wanted, I shoot left-handed. Uh, do they make a left-handed shotgun? Sure. Uh, Remington 870 is made left-handed, and there are several semi-automatics made left-handed. Okay, I, that's probably an elementary question, but mm. I just haven't done it in so long, and I mm-hmm. just remembered the, the shotguns I shot with early early on, they, it seemed like them shells were flying out right in my face. Yes, sir. And so, Gary, what are some of the prominent, reasonably priced uh, autos you would recommend for that? Uh, well, the 1187's made in left hand, the Benelli's, the, um, there's a Franchi model in left hand. There are several of the Turkish manufactured guns like Tristar that come in left hand versions. Um, and of course you, you've got several pumps and then you, you've also got over and unders that, uh, give you capability of being ambidextrous. All right, sir. Okay. What's up? You said 1170? 1187. 1187. Uh-huh. That's a Remington. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. Probably a goofy question. But anyway, Not a problem. No, that's, that's actually a very good question. A good question because a lot of folks aren't even aware of that, and there's a lot of models that cater to that particular configuration. So your question is actually spot on if you're a lefty. So that's a good thing. Uh Let's go now to Mike, who's been holding. Yes, Mike, you're up next. Yes, Jim, Mike here. I have a question regarding dogs. We uh, live in Prospect, Kentucky, and we moved our residence down to Belknap Beach on the river down there, on Ohio River, about five miles apart, and we have three cats. And we were transporting our cats the first night, And one of them, before we even got in the house, jumped away and got away. We haven't been able to find him since, which has been about four nights. And had heard something about the possibility of maybe getting some bloodhounds or some dogs that could possibly assist us in finding this cat. It's been gone for how many days? Four nights. No chance. Uh, I'm very suspicious of that cat will end up, if it can get through all the perils involved, that's not, you know, that far as crow flies between Prospect and that Beach area. I grew up over in that area, and I'm very familiar with it. Watch for the cat to show up at your previous residence. I, I'm okay. very suspicious that it'll come home. Cats have an uncanny ability to uh, negotiate terrain and and vast distances to go back home. They're almost like a homing pigeon. There's just tons and tons of stories of of that happening. Dogs have it to a lesser extent, but cats have a kind of uncanny ability about it. But the trail to that cat, if it's four days old, I don't think the best dog in the world could find it uh, unless it was able to, you know, pick up a current trail that the cat was using. That'd be the only way, and I, I just think that'd be kind of a futile deal oh. for you, honestly. Okay, Jim. Thank you very much. And I'm sorry about that, but there's a good chance that cat will show up back at your old house. Or is, well, are, well, is there someone living there now? Or? 
been looking relentlessly. <laughs> I understand. A, a lost pet is something that weighs heavily on your mind, so I understand. But I'd say there's a more than decent chance if he could get across Highway 42 there without any problems that he might show up. So keep up your hope. Okay, thanks. Yes, sir. Let's go to Matt, who's been holding. Yes, Matt, you're up. Yeah, hey, I had a comment about the left-handed shooter a minute ago. Okay. Yeah, I I used to shoot when well, my first shotgun ever was in the Ithaca Model 37. Mm-hmm. It ejected shells out of the bottom, and I just had the safety turned around to the other side, and it's been a great gun for me. So any comments on that? Or The only issue, it's not made anymore. Uh, oh, however... Well. The Browning BPS, the Browning pump, has the same feature. It ejects out the bottom. And the safety on it is on top of the receiver, the tang safety. Okay. Well, I I didn't know it wasn't made anymore. I'm glad I have it and still shooting it. There you go. What gauge is your uh, 37? It's a a 12-gauge. Is it? I, I, I had several of those through the years shot. Several of them. The only thing that I didn't like about them, they kick you pretty hard if you had a very big load there, like to carry, uh, compared to some of the other guns. But they, it lets yeah. you know the shell went off. <laughs> but that, yeah, I think my dad gave that to me when I was 13 years old. He said, This is your first shotgun, and it may be your last. <laughs> so I still have it. I don't shoot it that often, but it, it's been a good gun through the years. Yep. They were solid pieces. Yep. All right. I appreciate it. Love your show. Yes, Thank sir. you, sir. Thank you. Gary, while we're on that subject, that particular shotgun, uh, as I recall, gives itself over to being turned into a pretty good slug gun. Very much so. Because of, of the rigidity and, and the way it's built. Uh, it has more to do with the barrel diameter. Um, the Ithaca shotguns were renowned for their accuracy with slugs. Uh, and it's because they have a smaller diameter barrel in their slug configuration than a Remington or a Winchester or anything else, and that kept the the slug tighter with the bore. I see, and that, that's it's a tribute to the accuracy. Well, I, I uh, hunted deer with that those guns mm-hmm. when I had them, and they they were excellent. Yes, they, they were. They just put that slug out there, and they shot. Right where you were looking. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have any special sight or anything. Just sighted down the barrel like I was shooting at a rabbit or something. And it was a, it was a thumper. There's another gun in that period, another shotgun that was fairly heavy in the action. And I'm trying to think what it was. Is that bottom in? ejection also? I, I think so. The only other bottom ejection gun in that time frame period was a Remington Model 10 which was one of the predecessors to the 870. And That's probably it, what I'm thinking. And it was a bottom ejection gun. I see. Well, I know they just they just seemed to handle real well mm-hmm. with the deer slugs, which, of course, is a big deal, especially for guys hunting in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fort Knox. Yeah, yeah. do want to remind folks that there are some new gun regulations, rifle hunting regulations in Indiana. we got about two minutes can you, in a nutshell, tell folks what's uh, legal? You can use now, so long as you're on private ground, you can use any thirty caliber rifle or any 6-millimeter-slash-243 rifle. None of the other cartridges are legal. 
Okay. Uh, all right. They still have the regulation on the pistol-style cartridges being 1.625 overall length of the brass case, uh, and it has to be 35 caliber up. Okay, very good. Let's go to James very quickly. Yes, James. Hi there. Yes, sir. I've got a Frankie AL-42, um, and it's got a silver engraving on each side. It's uh, duck hunting on one and pheasant on the other, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's 12-gauge. I was just curious. I can't find anything about the value of that shotgun in particular. I thought you might be able to help. Well, the first issue, it's an AL-48, not a 42. Ah. And it's called a Hunter model. That's uh, a traditional format. Gun was discontinued in about mid-'80s uh, on the thing, and they're, they're, they're kickers. But if the gun's in a micro condition, it's worth about 450 Okay. Thank you so much. All right, sir. You know, I had one of them at one time. Remember, you worked on it for me. (laughs) All right, folks, uh, that wraps it for tonight. Uh, Remember, you can keep up with us during the week at Jim Strader Outdoors on Facebook or at Wildlife Habitat Solutions on Facebook. Uh, We'll keep you abreast of what's going on around the region. Adios, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.